people, this is Catherine Pride, the director, writer, and creator of Genesis Avalon Yay! here for, <laughs> for its premiere episode, episode one, um, with the lovely Laura Postus Avalon. And with me today is Jeffrey Bridges, our main jefe, um, here to basically help me not flounder horrifically throughout this entire thing. Because that will happen otherwise. Because I don't know what to talk about. It's going to anyway. happen anyway. <laughs> yeah, really. What do you think I do through these things? <laughs> so let's talk about this this great show of yours here. Okay. My goodness. What, what's the deal with Genesis Avalon, Kat? The deal is that I have been a, a mythology geek since I was very tiny. And... Add that to my my obsession with both comic books and anime, Genesis and I decided Avalon. I wanted to make a superhero, mm-hmm. and that is how Avalon Episode came one. about. And Prologue. actually, Prologue. I wound up writing her for Laura Post's voice too. That was the weird thing. I heard her Batman No Man's Land, heard mm-hmm. the voice, and was like, "Oh, that'd be an awesome superhero," <laughs> and there it happened. <laughs> Well, so. let's um, get a little bit of history about it out there, because this is not the first mix of Genesis Avalon 1. No, it's not. Um, for those who frequented the VAA and who may actually be listening to this because they saw it and went, oh, I remember that show, this actually premiered for the very first time about three and a half, four years ago on the Voice Acting Alliance. Um I was alone and had just gotten into voice acting and wanted to take a stab at doing a radio play. So I wrote the first couple of scripts, made my cast, and um, and went ahead and mixed it up. Well, at the time, I didn't have a very good mix set. I was using Audacity, and I didn't know anything about Audacity. And I had to use music that was copywritten because I didn't know about things like Incompetech, which mm-hmm. is where I get all the music for the show now. And so... I put it together, and I did a couple episodes, and I was in college trying to mix, and so it would take forever, and then the more I kept working on pendant stuff, just mm-hmm. as an actor, you and I start, we, you know, I got the idea to do seminar, right. and so that wound up completely taking over, and I was working on that for a long time, and as a result, Evelyn kind of got shoved to the back burner. I was still writing it, but I had no time to direct it, and so... You and I had talked about the show for a while, and I kind of looked at you and went, so you think maybe I could bring it over to Pendant? Because maybe I'd do it then? <laughs> and, um, I didn't remember if it was me who asked you or you who asked me or how it exactly came about that, you know, because you started this, like you said, independently, and that was that was many a year ago back on the good yes, old days. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I had heard it, um, actually. I had heard your original mixes. Of I think at least the first episode, possibly the second. I'm not sure. I don't even remember how many you did, but um, I remember hearing that, and that's initially what got me to ask you about directing for Pennant because I was really right. impressed with the direction on them, and uh, that's what sort of yeah led the seminar and everything. So um, you were one of the few directors we can mention who has never taken my director class because I had heard no, your, not, yeah. your original mixes, and they were so spot on and great. You, I should be taking classes from you. So. <laughs> Except for one slight problem. When I first started, I had a major issue with levels, volume levels. And that was something that you and I worked through in seminar 
for quite a long time. Well, I would send you mixes, and you'd be like, um, Cat, <laughs> you've got to turn this shit down. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of different uh, directors have different issues. Some struggle with music, some with levels, some with pacing. I mean, everybody's got a little weak spot, and everyone's got strong spots. That's no big deal. But yeah. I still think you're a fantastic director. And, and look, now we hear we have this show. This four years later, it's re-debuted on Pendant. Hooray! Yay! And is much better than my original mix, I am happy to say. I am very proud of how this first episode has turned out. I have a couple new actors. Because, you know, after four years, some people come and go. Like, I have Michelle Ann, who is playing Natalie for the first two episodes. By the time I got to remixing all the episodes, she was incredibly busy with her pro career. And I finally turned to her and said, you know what? Thank you, Thank you but do you really want to try and do this and have a family and this and that? And she was like, I love your show, but I don't know if I can turn the lines in in time anymore. So, you know, I mean, I had a couple of actors who left amicably, which was nice. Mm-hmm. And then I had people who disappeared and just mm-hmm. never came back. And Yeah, yeah. Strangely enough, all the males for Avalon, with the exception of the actor for Obsidian, uh, have been here since day one. Hmm. I have not had to knock on wood, cast a male. Oh, uh, you're just tempting fate now. Well, we'll see how it goes. Um, I still have more males to cast, though, just not this season. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a little envious of you because you got to take a, a show that you did four years ago and redo it with all of your new present knowledge and all the things you've learned. And I've wanted to do that for a bunch of old stuff that I've done, and yeah. I don't have time, so. That's a pretty cool thing to get to do because, yes, I mean, you learn so much in such a short period of time, especially in, you know, online radio drama. You, it, it's a yeah. steep learning curve, but it goes really quick once you get up there. So and I'm very much a, a learn-by-doing person, uh-huh. so the more I did it, the better I got. Yeah. So. In fact, I would say that working on seminar for the year and a half that I did was possibly the best learning experience I've ever had because every single product I turned out, I wanted to be the best. And that got me thinking in new ways and doing new things. And then I was able to apply that all into Avalon. Just just things like, you know, ambiance. Like at the very beginning mm-hmm. of this episode when Jane is writing a letter to her mom, when I originally did the episode, it was just like some random – I think it was like My December by Linkin Park playing in the background or something. And you had no ambiance of any kind except the pen scratching. You listen to it now, like the chair pulls out, mm-hmm. she turns on the light. I just, I had a much better idea of atmosphere right. by the time I got around to redoing the episodes, and I think that makes them much better. Yeah, I think that's something I've noticed uh, in, in my directing, personally, my old uh, directing, is that it, it, it had a lot of lack of detail, and that if I were directing stuff now, I would be adding a lot more uh, deep little tiny details and those little touches that make it even more real just because you know you learn so much you're like oh right I should add this little bit here and this little bit there and you don't think they're yeah. big deals but they they add up to a lot and they really help the show out yeah I'm listening to where we are oh okay we're okay so we have hit the scene now which the cover is based off of for this episode um, we've hit the point where Jaina is about to say what's on the amulet and accidentally transform and the next scene shows you that she doesn't remember crap um well, i like that you don't waste any time seven and a half minutes in and we're, we're right down to business so <laughs> well originally when i did this it was like to be a prologue mm-hmm. so because i wrote the episode and was like oh it'll be episode one and then i realized not once do you actually 
see Avalon in action. Mm -hmm. And so originally I thought, oh no, this can't be. We have to make it a prologue. And then by the time I got around to remixing it, I was like, screw that noise. It's episode one. It's how she becomes Avalon. There's no reason I need to backtrack it any further than that. There you go. So... So yeah, so it's it, the pacing's much faster this time around too. She just she transforms and wakes up the next morning, and there is Z telling her that some stray cats in the dorm. And Z's actually based off of my old college roommate too. Mm. I had an old college roommate who was a total goth tattoo artist, and she was very laid back like that. We actually brought a cat into my dorm one day, and she was just kind of like, "Oh, I thought you brought the cat in." <laughs> I was like, no, dude, you brought the cat. She's like, oh, did I? Okay, maybe I did. So, and Marley does a fantastic job with making her the snarkiest McSnarkerson ever. In fact, I think every single line Marley's given me for the last four episodes uh, was an ad lib that I wound up using. She needs a script credit, like Pete says. She she ad libs that much. Maybe we'll make a new Pendy category: best ad libbers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Marley Norton. <laughs> and then that's Michelle Ann playing Natalie for one of her two episodes. She did a great job, and I had her for almost the like first season, I guess. But I made so many edits to the script mm -hmm. in in the four years that between episodes that it was just like I had to get the actors to re-record. I mean, right? Yeah, you couldn't use the old old uh, recordings that you had. You had to people redo it. And plus, you know, back then. Um, uh, I'm sure the quality of people's mics were completely different than what they've got now or the recording setup, so they wouldn't have even sounded the same, so it just would have oh, been... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I know Chris Hackney, who plays Noir, and I do love him so much. He's really... A, he's a sweetheart to work with, and he's a sweetheart as a character, but his first mic was like a... Like, like I think a headset mic or something that mm -hmm. he had, must have had because he was playing, a, you know, an MMORPG or something, and it was just like every line was a... Puh! And it, mm -hmm. <laughs> to the point yeah. where I'm like, dude, you've got to step off that mic. Those notorious headsets. Yeah. But, I mean, um, yeah, there's been a lot of changes in vocal quality mm -hmm. in um, a lot of changes in language. <laughs> because I made the decision to make the show PG-13. Right, right. And so I started pulling a blinky, looking at people going, can I say that on a PG-13 <laughs> show? I don't think I can. I better change that. There were a lot of S-bombs. <laughs> In the original, and I was like, oh, I know you could get away with it in a movie, but for the sake of pendant, I'm going to scrap the line. Well, you could have um, gotten away with that. I mean, we've got plenty of, you know, R-rated shows, but you'll, I mean, especially with the subject matter of, like, superheroes and stuff, you'll keep yourself um, open to a wider audience, I think, if you keep it at PG-13, and it'll be, more parents will be inclined to let their kids listen, and, you, you know, you can have a lot, uh, you can reach a lot more people that way, so. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking, was that, you know, this show is, the way I saw it was when we started talking about bringing it over, I got really excited because I thought about it and I went, whoa. And it kicked in. This is Pendant's original superhero. Mm -hmm. We don't really have a superhero show outside of it. And she is a superhero. And I was like, well, that's cool because if I make a superhero for, you know, that's original for Pendant, then I want to keep it to the same audience that listens to our fan shows. So, right. so I was like, I better take it down to PG-13. And I mean, it gets really dark. Folks, I'm telling you right now, the first season is like rainbows and candy land in comparison to seasons two, three, and then four. Um, and she can say that because she's written, you've written like what, up through 36 or something already? Uh, season three is done, yeah. Yeah. Season three, actually the outline for the last episode of season three is done right now, and I just started writing it today. Oh, you so. crazy overachiever making all those other writers feel bad. 
<laughs> well, remember, I've had a four-year head start. <laughs> Don't feel still. bad. <laughs> so, although, you know, that doesn't help if, if my editor hasn't given me back the scripts to send to the actors yet. And since he's on holiday, I really haven't seen any of my edits for season two yet. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm very excited that, that the show is finally premiering, and I love the fact that we've gone 12 minutes in and I haven't talked about the show except for, like, like for the actual episode, except for, like, <laughs> a minute, maybe. Well, it's, you know, it's the first episode. There's a lot to cover, and, and, you know, I think this is the first Pendant original that's had a commentary with episode one, and so, because, um, you know, all the other shows started before we started doing the commentary, right. so, I mean, there's just a lot to cover. You know, people want to know where the show came from and, you know, the genesis of Genesis Avalon, if you will. <laughs> Yes, uh, and I mean... So. This show really does have a, a very long history attached to it, just in the mm-hmm. production phase, because yes. it did take four years to get from the VAA in my sad little freshman in college hands to where it is now in Pendant. So. And, I mean, I know a lot of people who are from the VAA who are like, ah, oh, cool, your show got, is with a company now? Oh, we're going to have to listen. And so hopefully we'll get some people that maybe, you know, didn't listen to Pendant before mm-hmm. who are coming over to listen now. I hope so. And that's great because be I awesome. love Pendant, and we all know how much I love Pendant. Oh, <laughs> I love Pendant too. <laughs> well, I wanted to also, ask you. Well, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. I'll ask you I was, after. I was just going to tell you guys. So Dr. Matthews, who you're hearing right now, is actually a very pivotal character to both the three the th- the three main seasons and then in season four she has a pivotal role too but in a different way. But the funny thing was was I cast this character because the girl who was originally playing Roxy for me like freshman year of college bailed and wouldn't and like didn't get the lines to me in time for me to start mixing the episode and I went home for the summer. So I asked my mom to do the lines as Doctor Matthews. She's still playing Doctor Matthews. I think you She's have the honor and distinction of being the first pendant person to cast a parent <laughs> in a show. I know, and it's awesome, and she loves doing those lines too. Well, good. Like I gave her, I gave her a monologue on King Arthur in one episode just to make her happy and to feel like the English literature and history geek that she is, and she just loved every second of oh, it. Oh, isn't that sweet, so, folks? Oh. So I just, I just, I heard my mom's voice and went, "Oh, I better tell people." <laughs> Well, I wanted to ask, um, the show has, I guess what you might call a, a pretty strong uh, Celtic tie to it. Was there um, a reason for that? I mean, why did you choose that? Um, I, I have a real affinity towards just the concepts of polytheism. Mm-hmm. Different, different mythologies have always interested me. I loved I Greek you. mythology as a kid. Yeah. I loved Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. In fact, for a while here, I thought my new superhero was going to be Norse. And then I was like, mm, Thor's got that pretty strongly. Um, I don't know if I really want to do a Thor type show. Um, and so I I had really liked reading up on Celtic gods and goddesses, but I didn't really know enough about the history. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, that'd be a cool, a cool you know, concept that a superhero gets their powers from the concepts of Avalon and the Celtic gods mm-hmm. and Arthurian legend. Mm-hmm. And so I went with it just to kind of, you know, plot out an episode or two before even writing it, and I did some research on the gods, and I realized there are so many Celtic gods and goddesses, and the, the history and the culture, what we do know of it, is so rich that I was like, this would be the perfect kind of show to do, mm-hmm. and it does have very strong Celtic ties for that reason, because right. I wanted to do a hero that had 
a very spiritual aspect, but not in like the, you know, ooh, everybody, you know, you know, sing for this god. No, I just wanted like something that was more supernatural as opposed to, you know, I've been bit by a radioactive spider. Right, right. So. And so yeah, so that's why it's Celtic Gods is because I love mythology and I just picked one that I hadn't really played with as much and as soon as I said the word Avalon, just like in reading things, I was like, ah, that'd be an awesome name for a hero. Mm. And Genesis Avalon came about that way. So yeah. Very cool. I wanted to say too <laughs> that I also love the uh, the music that you chose for the theme song. It's very epic. You like it? Yeah. That's cool. That would be Noble Race by Kevin MacLeod from Incompetech, which is my... I, I happened to hear it, because the whole idea was when I was looking to pick themes for Avalon, I knew that I wanted to stick with scoring very similar to our fan shows, mm -hmm. but not in like a, oh look, I'm directly using the same kind of things for the fan shows, but I did want like an epic feel to the hero. Right, right. And so I was looking through all these different musics, and I just happened to find Noble Race and was like, oh, that's... That's so it. That I'm using that. That is what I'm using. This is a good choice. And so I'm. I'm really glad. I love the music choices. My Kevin McLeod collection continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> That's good though. The more choices you have, the better the episodes will be. You know, you have more variety. Yes, yes, and actually, um, Chris, since you know we're roommates now, and I have been talking a lot about the show. To the point where I happened to, um, like, play a piece of music that I was like, oh, I want to use this, but I don't know if I can use it. She was like, try reversing it. See how creepy it sounds that way. So, you know, the two, between the two of us, I'm going to have twice as much music as I already did just in messing with the music I've already got. Because <laughs> you'd be surprised how making something reversed and slowed down is creepy. No, it's usually pretty creepy, yeah, no matter yeah. what you do it to. Yeah, folks, you'll find out about that in episode nine. <laughs> Only eight months from now. Yeah, woohoo! You'll forget about it by the time you get here. Way off in 2010. Yeah, really. So, as you can, as you mentioned, here is a part of Noble Race in the background of this scene. Um, I try to make sure since I mean the piece is very long, which is nice because it means I can use different parts of the suite for different moods, and. The same piece that you're hearing in the as the end credits is another part of the same piece, but so it all kind of links Featuring together. And now we've hit the Laura end. Host is the end. Chris Hackney is my with, goodness. With Bruce Busby uh, doing the new credits. Yes. I, I don't know. Is he the first one, or is something coming out? You know, I think Wonder Woman and stuff comes out with him in it first. Uh, yeah. Okay. Actually, I think he's already been in a seminar or something. I think. So. Well, he's. I know he's been in seminar because I was working with Marcus on that one. But he was in it as like a. No, I thought he did the credits for that already. Ah, whatever. This is not part of Genesis Avalon. <laughs> <laughs> so we are out of episode now. Oh my goodness, we've talked too long. We've talked all the way through the. Episode. I never could have seen that happen with the two of us. <laughs> I know that's two. Happens every time. That's all right. I think people get used to it by now. Probably. So I guess we should wrap this up and. Probably. Pick up <laughs> next. Month, Next month, with episode two, which is longer, so <laughs> we'll have more time to talk through it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, folks. Well, thank you very much for listening, and be sure to check out Genesis Avalon episode two coming next month. 
Um, I don't remember the date off the top of my head because I'm lazy. Um, You're lazy. Check the calendar. You're lazy. I am. You're lazy, Cat. What's or, your problem? Or listen to the oh preview at the end no, of the episode. Oh, my God, no, it's okay. I was just stalling for time. I'm checking the calendar right now. Oh. <laughs> October 26th. <laughs> October 26th, folks. Uh, Genesis Avalon 2. You better be there. Yes. Be there for episode two, Trial All Run. All right. All right, folks. We'll catch you later. Bye-bye. Bye.